sometimes that isn't the circle you can reach. Uh, and, and instead of like trying to strategize on how to get them, I would say, you know, there are people out there who are already like in love with what you do. And if you didn't know it, they also have a lot of money too. And so that's when I started realizing that, why am I trying to run away from Asian people? Asian people like to have weddings and they have, and they're maybe one of the few people on the planet who are still saving money for this event. So why not embrace that? Did you hear that? Did you hear that? Welcome to the Wedding Video Boss Podcast, where we talk about the business of being a wedding creative and a sneak peek into my world as a wedding videographer slash filmmaker slash cinematographer slash cameraman. I'm your host, Paul Santiago, and today is Monday, which means it's time for another masterclass. Today's mentor is Torin Wu. If you don't know who Torin Wu is, man, you need to look him up because he is the game changer. We're going to talk about the struggles that he went through, how he didn't get typecasted as a wedding vendor, and tips on how to market and network properly. So stick around. He's almost ready. Let's start the show. Torin is an international multi-award winning photographer based in Los Angeles, California. After being bitten by a radioactive spider, Torin went on to shoot several hundred weddings with minimal joint pain. Torin regularly teaches and instructs professional photographers in workshops in LA, San Francisco, New York, Hawaii, China, Hong Kong, London, and the Bahamas. So he's pretty much starting out. Also, he taught for WPPI and the Art Institute of California, as well as private mentoring. Torin Photography serves all of Southern California, as well as all of the continental US, Hawaii, Canada, Central and South America, Europe, and Asia. So he's trying to concentrate on one area. Torin resides in Northridge, California with his wife and two children, where he spends most of his time as their personal Uber driver. If you want to see his credentials, just go down in the show notes because, guys, he's already here. Please help me in welcoming Torin Wu. Hey, Torin. Thanks for being on the show. Hey, Paul. Great to be here. I, I just uh, a big fan of your of your podcast. I've been listening to all the episodes, and you know, you do really do have a lot of great guests on that are giving some really great advice and great help and guidance. So, I recommend uh, this uh, podcast to everybody that I I'm talking to in the industry. Thank you so much. You know, I just I've I've been in the industry for almost ten years. This is our ninth year, and it's. Something that I am passionate about, like just making sure that, you know, you're making money and you're running your business correctly is something that creatives don't have time to think of. So that's why I'm pushing this podcast right in their faces just so just so they have like a friendly reminder that they kind of like need to make money too. Yeah, awesome, man. And it's just I, I just feel so fortunate that I know people the 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 people in the industry who are leaders that are willing to share this. So I really appreciate you coming on the show. Awesome. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. I want to be able to share some of my knowledge that I've gained over the past few years to help others. And uh, hopefully you guys can 
um, take uh, the best of what I've got to say and implement it in your businesses, in your life, and throw out the rest. <laughs> That's wonderful. So before we start, uh, I would love you to tell the audience something about yourself that they probably don't know. Okay, I'm pretty sure you don't know this. Um, uh, when I was uh, in second grade, uh, my dad was like, I do not want to send you to the orthodontist because that's really expensive. So he said, why don't you straighten your own teeth with your fingers? And so that's what I ended up doing. And I guess this, I don't know if this is uh, resonating with any of you uh, Asian people out there, but he was uh, very, very cheap. And he said, go ahead and use your fingers. So that's what I did. I am um, uh, between the ages of like uh, six and nine years old. I was twisting all of my teeth into place uh, and I thought I did a pretty good job. So uh, everything was uh, pretty nice until the uh, wisdom teeth came in and they kind of uh, scrunched things a bit. But um, for anybody who's hesitant and, or doesn't have any uh, orthodontic coverage in their insurance, go ahead and use your fingers because uh, they're free. That is amazing. Oh, my gosh. I, I, can't, I, I can't believe that you could actually do that. That that actually makes sense now because you have like a really good smile and you could actually tell people that it's handmade. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay. So, you know, I've I've known you for just a short amount of time, right? It it's not it hasn't been that long, but I feel like we've known each other for so long because as soon as we started talking, we just hit it off. And I don't know what it was. Maybe it's because we're both really good-looking Asian people, but there's something. There was something that just clicked, and you know, whenever we see each other outside of weddings or we go to networking events, it's always like a pleasure to talk to you. So I can't wait for you to just spill all the knowledge to the listeners. So before we start, I mean, not before we start. Uh, Tell us your origin story, how you got into the industry, and what you're up to right now. Yeah. Uh, thanks, Paul. You know, um, I guess I love that term origin story because it it reminds me of a comic book uh, sort of uh, um, legends, the, the kind of the way that that you would talk about when you're you're geeking out and you're talking about character origin story. And I like to I like to imagine myself in that world. So. Uh, when I think about my own origin story, I think about my humble beginnings, um, born in Inglewood, California, and uh, raised here in L.A. Uh, we um, moved over to the San Fernando Valley when I was about five years old, but but I always had a love of art and a love of um, creating things and uh, just being creative. Uh, my father actually was a was an, uh, civil engineer but he he was also a commercial artist when he was younger and so one of the things that he did for me you could say is he discouraged me from doing anything creative he said there's no money in it please don't go down this road because i've already been down it so i said thanks dad um i'm definitely going to do it now and so <laughs> <laughs> and so uh you know i that's what i did i pursued art in college and in art school and I came out on the other end, you know, um, doing graphic design. And I was uh, worked uh, for myself. I worked at Universal, and I found myself uh, 
in another job that was like completely out of my skill set. I worked at E Entertainment Television as uh, as a producer and, and worked on uh, one of their shows uh, that ran for a long time on the network. Um, and um, which show is it? Uh, there's a show that used to run called Talk Soup, and it was uh, oh Joel pretty McHale? popular in the day. Yeah, and I learned everything about the inner workings of like working at basic cable and basically how television's made, uh, which is, I would equate it to knowing how the sausage is made in terms of, oh, that's how they make it. <laughs> <laughs> it, mean, it, looks disgust, it looks disgusting, but it tastes great. <laughs> right. So I think I, I definitely got uh, indoctrinated into that world. And now I know the ugly uh, behind the scenes of how basic cables made and how uh, how television uh, runs and who runs it and uh, who are the and the hierarchies that exist inside of <laughs> inside of the industry in terms of being a boss or being a worker um, and um, I, it was invaluable but uh, and I learned a lot working there and um, the funny thing is that when the show was canceled at least canceled the first time when I was working there um, that's what actually uh, sort of I guess, uh, propelled me into my next career. So, so far I've already been, uh, I guess two, uh, two careers. I've had two careers already uh, up to that point. And, uh, what I was doing because E, uh, I'm going to just let it out does not pay very well. So a friend of mine and I, we were actually doing wedding video on the weekends to, to uh, make it ends meet, and we were also, uh, you know, having fun with it. But after a few years, um, I started becoming, um, I guess, disenchanted with it. And I was like, this is really frustrating, to be honest with you. This was in the late 90s when um, you weren't just flipping open your laptop and dropping clips into a timeline. You were actually putting tapes in a tape deck, and you were monitor looking at everything on a full-size crt monitor and all the equipment weighed a lot and i'm wheeling it into the back of these restaurants in the back of into the closet trying to make their same day edit uh which at the time was like revolutionary i guess but uh it was a lot of work and i was like you know who's you know who's awesome the photographer the photographer is the guy who gets to tell the couple, hey, look here, look here. Oh, I've got a great idea. Come into the bushes over here. Oh, you guys look great. And I'm the videographer following them around and just, uh, you know, reacting to whatever they're doing. But this guy gets to call the shots. I want to be this guy. So um, around the time that my my job ended, I was like, I need to look for another gig. I think I'm going to look into this. So that's that's kind of uh, my origin story, getting into wedding photography from the unlikely place of wedding videography. You know, it's it's funny that you said that you used to work for networks because that's how I started back in the Philippines. When I started, uh, I worked for MTV Asia and a bunch of like other networks about uh, they do racing shows. And yeah, you you see like the 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 back end of how how terrible the <laughs> the situation is. It, like for me, when I was editing when I was editing this this car show, I come in at seven in the morning, and then they air the the episode at like three o'clock. 
So I'm in the living room of the director and he's asleep on the floor. I don't know if he's passed out because <laughs> he's just sleeping or he's drunk, but I'm just there and then he wakes up at 10 and he looks at it and he's like, okay, replace this as this. But, you know, I from him, I've learned how to edit super quick. Like, I've learned how to... Uh, how to like look at clips and edit it in my head even before I, because you know it has to be aired at three o'clock in the afternoon. So I, I'm pretty sure you got something from from that gig too, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. I think that well, I was in the edit bay as, as well at night with with an editor, and we you know uh, our show would air you know the very next day. So that kind of time crunch, the pressure. And then, you know, learning shortcuts to how to get to places and, you know, um, make it, you know, I guess making your bosses happy and, you know, um, the show must go on. So you've got to find a way to get that, you know, piece of footage into something that's watchable. So um, I came away with uh, a lot of um, maybe not uh, maybe not practical uh, editing solutions, but definitely the spirit of like how to, uh, you know, make things work and finding workarounds because, uh, you know, things must happen. Yeah. So when I, when I came here in 2008, I was like ready to explore. Right. And then in 2010, when we started the company, I saw that I, I just realized that wait a minute. I'm the people around me don't look like me. I I totally forgot that I'm I'm not from here. Like it's not only because I'm from the Philippines, but also I'm Asian. So <laughs> so you know, there was there was a huge amount of time for us to struggle and when we started out like I told my wife, I don't want anyone to know that we're Asian. So on our website, we're not going to show any photos. Good thing there's not like Instagram or Facebook back then in 2010. So it wasn't like too <laughs> right too much. So whenever couples, they go, they go to the office. I mean, they're not, it, I'm not saying that they're like racist or anything. But when, they, when we open the door, they knock on our office door. They look at us and then they back up and then they look at the sign just to make sure that they're in the right place. <laughs> so when right, they enter, uh, I always tell them, so what did you ex what, what, what were you expecting? They're like, we thought you guys were white. <laughs> so so my, my question is, did you encounter any struggles? Because we, we, I have a lot of listeners who um, ha English isn't their second language, and you know they, they were a lot of them are Asian also and you know, I, I just wanted to make sure that they know that everyone goes through a struggle, particularly when it comes to this, like being, you know, we're in the U.S., so it's, it's we're kind of like not outsiders, but at the same time we are. So what, did you encounter any struggles that stood out for you when you were starting out? Oh, yeah, absolutely. When it comes to things like that, I think that... Um I think um, it's safe to say that, you know, when in television production, I know that, you know, most of the employees and most of the uh, bosses are white. And uh, I'm not saying that 
that there was any like overt racism, but definitely is harder to get ahead. And there's definitely, um, you know, some like maybe cultural barriers that are going to be challenging and those things are going to exist. Um, and uh, I want to make anybody who feels like they're an outsider out there to know that um, you can make it and that, um, you know, even though, you know, this, you are not the majority culture maybe, or the majority, uh, you know, you don't have a lot of people like you around. Um, I would, I would encourage people to turn that at, into an advantage if they can try to make themselves the, uh, you know, I don't know, the special person in the, in the office or something like that. Um, it's just the way you look at it. Um, I would even say in terms of clientele, you know, uh, Paul, you probably, um, are, are, um, have similar experiences to myself. Um, I know when I'm dealing with Asian couples, they're very happy to hire me as an Asian, but they're completely comfortable hiring a white photographer. Uh, but, um, you know, a white couple may be less uh, enthusiastic about hiring an Asian photographer. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's, I mean, we're in SoCal. There can be all these, like, beautiful blonde clients that maybe you feel like I don't have access to. But you know what? Just keep on going and the people that love your work will come to you. Um, and, you know, uh, if they happen to be uh, blonde, great. If they happen to be Asian, that's great too. Um, so maybe uh, uh, stop, you know, uh, I, I don't know how to say it, but stop chasing the people that don't want you. And go ahead and keep start embracing the people that naturally want you already. Uh, that's the easiest way for, that I found to like make uh, a lot of clients right away. I always tell people that it's kind of like dating, you know. That's 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 why when I when I came here, the first thing I had to do was get rid of my accent. So <laughs> what I did was, whenever I get calls from Yelp or Directv or AT and T. They're usually from the Philippines. They usually outsource these, except for Yelp. I don't know about Yelp, but they usually outsource it to the Philippines. So whenever they call me, my goal is to make sure that I sound like I'm from here. So whenever we end the conversation and I talk to in Tagalog, like, Salamat, and then they're like, oh, 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 they they just lose it because they're not supposed to speak in Tagalog. So. Right. So it kind of like throws them off, but that was my goal. Like early, early on, I wanted to like get rid of my accent. But then I discovered, you know, the the main thing. It's like dating. You just have to have something in common with your couple, and you're right. Don't chase people who don't want to hang out with you, or you know, because not everyone is your client. And just make sure that. I feel like let me know what you think too. I, I I feel like just be yourself, and the the rest will follow, right? Absolutely. I I think I, I'm coming from a place that I've done the exact same thing, where I was like, maybe what I should do is put a lot of white people on my f website, and uh, I'll put some black people, and that way it'll be like, oh, uh, this uh, the my services are open to people of all different races and cultures and then i won't get so many asians i'll get all you know uh, all the uh, other people and then um but you know what happened 
people exactly like me were the ones who were calling me. People were like Asian American. Maybe they were, maybe they were uh, born here in the U.S. And the, I think like just ends up attracting like in a sense that that uh, you're uh, a lot of times you're searching out and you you just resonate with a certain vendor or uh, that that's similar to you and your experience and you if you talk to them and and um, you're coming from the same place that just hits it off right away. So I just said, you know what, I'm going to just put all Asians on my website. Then that's fine. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a thing. Like for me. I've been getting a lot of comments from our couples saying that, oh, I really appreciate it when you post like a, a bride that's not regular sized because we don't see that a lot. It's always these models on their sites. And I'm like, yeah, of course I'm going to post. You guys are my clients and we're proud of being, you know, working for you. And I don't understand that logic. So I feel like that's the main thing for us is that we get the club, the couples who have the same wavelength as us but also the ones that they're not afraid to approach us and because they know that we're not going to judge them and we're going to make sure that we help them out so i feel like that's probably one of the one of the advantages of just staying true to what you really want yeah i really like that sort of uh uh, mindset. Uh, I think I've, I'm probably very similar to the sense that, um, and I'm not maybe bad mouthing anybody who uses like a lot of like uh, models and stuff for their website, but I really do like to showcase my real clients, and I think that they appreciate that too. And 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 like you said, uh, you know, you're, when people contact you, they they do notice that like, oh, these are your real, you know clients these aren't um people that you've hired to inspire me uh these are actually the people who uh, you know who who you who you work for and and the product that i'm seeing you know on your website is the their wedding photos so uh, you know if that's something that's important to you i would encourage you guys to just go ahead uh straight and you know straight on toward it and don't be afraid to like uh you know showcase your clients they're beautiful uh and um when you do that you will you will attract uh, more of the same um <clears throat> so um i think that's a, a real important place to start as we start talking about like uh you know building your business from um a place uh from the starting point to a place where that it can thrive five years ten years uh, and more into the future understanding who you are uh what you make and who you make it for so when you when you started your business as i'm pretty sure everyone is also thinking about this but how did you how did you start your business when it comes to your brand like do you remember you were saying you wanted to do the uh white couples also you want to show the black couples and you want to show asian couples but how did you what how do you see your brand right now from what it was when you started out i would say my approach isn't very much different in terms of you know whatever their whatever their their whatever they are in their <laughs> i'm happy to shoot any client no matter you know what their what their background is or their size or anything like that um but the thing that's changed for me is that instead of 
trying to, I guess, instead of chasing um, clients that I thought I wanted, I'm starting to love those who love me. And um, sometimes, and, you know, especially here in SoCal, you, you know, you, there is a SoCal style, I think, that I think we can kind of talk about. So uh, for all you guys that are living abroad, SoCal is Southern California. And we do have sort of a, a, a look that I think that has been pretty popular and it's been duplicated many times. And, and a lot of times that revolves around, you know, this uh, uh, sun-soaked, um, you know, blonde couple and uh, there. And uh, that is the client that everybody thinks they want to have. And those are great clients to have. And, uh, but sometimes that isn't the circle you can reach. Uh, and and instead of like trying to strategize on how to get them, I would say, you know, there are people out there who are already like in love with what you do. And if you didn't know it, they also have a lot of money too. And so that's when I started realizing that why am I trying to run away from Asian people? Asian people like to have weddings and they have, and they're maybe one of the few people on the planet who are still saving money for this event. So why not embrace that? Yeah. I actually talked to, um, uh, Jeremy, Jeremy Chow and yeah. he's a photographer also in Southern California. Uh, he's also in the luxury market and we were talking about his style and his clientele. Right. And he said, my clients are engineers and doctors and you know these these people who who earn a lot of money but don't really like his style is he doesn't really like uh he was telling me he doesn't really like uh you know belly laughs and it's almost just like an almost smile every time whenever he he um takes these photos but it, there are clients out there that you know that exists that are high paying and he was talking to me off off the interview about like how much these people are paying i'm like oh my gosh there's like so much money out there that it's crazy how if you just stick to your style you're gonna find the clients right exactly and i think that not only are you gonna find the right clients because I think we have a hard time believing they're out there that nobody's going to like what I do. It's completely untrue. If you're a guy who loves photojournalism and like loves those real moments, man, there is a huge market out there for you. If you love to create that stylized look or like, uh, you know, that sort of, uh, uh, pensive, uh, emotional kind of work i think that there are people who are going to resonate with that too but if you want to have any satisfaction like you've got to do your thing you can't do the the thing that you think is the popular thing to do because sooner or later you will be unhappy and that's one of the things that's going to lead to the demise of your business is that you're not satisfied making the work you want to do so when when you start now I'm curious like when you started out how did you get the clients that you have and yeah I guess how did you market yourself like how did you cuz you 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 were in video 
So how did you start out getting into photography? Okay, well, I, this is a great question because um, a lot of people do ask me, like, when I'm starting out, how am I going to start booking jobs? And um, I, I think I'd like to put it this way. What I did when I started, and um, of course, I'm only speaking for my own experience, I reached out to every network that I had to let them know this is what I'm doing. And uh, what I mean by that is uh, all of my friends, all of my, you know, second tier friends, all of my buddies at gym, all the people I play basketball with, all of my old college buddies, people that I used to work with, people at my church, people that uh, I've seen like a couple, you know, times just, you know, um, distant relatives. I was letting them all know that. I was starting a new business and this is what I wanted to do. Um, this is one of the reasons why, and I'll talk about it later, that you want to start creating networks around yourself, no matter what you do, because these are the people that want to help you succeed. And part of that is sharing your dream. A lot of times we want to start out. We don't want to tell anybody what we're doing until we've made it. And then we're like, oh yeah, I'm running a successful business. Instead, I would encourage you guys to go out and say, this is what I want to do, guys. I see myself like shooting, you know, uh, weddings for a living and, you know, um, traveling, um, you know, being successful, doing this many weddings a year, you know, these beautiful uh, venues that I've seen. I, that's This is the life I want. I'm, I'm starting out right now, but in a couple of years, I want to see myself, you know, really going full bore into this business. Uh, does anybody here uh, know anybody who's getting married? Because I'd love to start working with people and I'm willing to, you know, work with them in terms of price so that I can start building my network. Because without clients, you it's going to be tough for you to get referrals because those referrals come from clients. So having a a starting place, sharing what you want to want to do, and then going out and um, doing the hard work is what is what helped me in the very beginning. And I had some very gracious clients in the very beginning that I tried to bend over backwards, especially for to make happy, so that they would be creating a referral network for me and. Honestly, a lot of those early connections, I'm still shooting weddings within that network. And so I was very grateful to those early, early couples that took a chance on me. Um, and then when you get those jobs, you know, you want to kill it as hard as you can so that they're raving about you and you can start moving up the ladder in terms of pricing. You can move up the ladder in terms of your reputation within those networks. Now, those networks don't last forever because what happens is you may be doing a great, let's say, bride and groom, but after you've done seven or eight of them, that's all of their friends now. So you've got to make sure that you're always exploring new circles, and uh, especially in the early days when you know referrals are hard to come by. You're going to be really, really uh, promoting yourself heavily within these uh, networks. So when I was starting out, I just realized that when when we came here and I started the company, I'm like, wait a minute, I don't know anyone from here. And 
except for my the the batchmates from high school in the Philippines who moved here and my family but we're my family is the first generation so I don't really have family here to talk to so what I did was whenever I did a wedding the vendors that they were there I just make sure that we have like a really good relationship with I talk to them some of them don't really like to talk to us but most of them they did like the double knot twins and you know all these vendors and from there it just grew like just developing this network and that's when i realized you know it pretty much like coming through the back door instead of like going out there and advertising that we're a wedding videography company just going through the back door and just talking to the vendors really helped because that's when we went from one wedding the first year to 25 the next and then it just grew and grew and grew absolutely i was going to say that um not everybody has the advantage of having built-in networks in that in, in where they live so uh, like yourself you know you were new to the country but a lot of people are also moving from uh, to a new city and they're trying to start a business i would recommend uh, and, and you're a great example, Paul, of somebody who's very friendly and someone who's willing to go out and meet people. And I think that is so important. Uh, I'm going to say this, that a lot of times as artists, we love to like create our art behind a, a closed door and then, you know, toil away at it and then kind of like push it un in, you know, through the crack under the door to our agent and let that person sell it. Photography and videography, I think, are a little bit different in the sense that you're selling your art, but you're also selling you. So having those kind of social skills, man, they are so important so that uh, you can start building those networks yourself from scratch. You can start um, talking to vendors and, you know, making friends within the industry that are going to help you because uh, a lot of times we want to think that we can do it all ourselves, and that yeah, I'm going to build this from scratch and I'm going to do it all from my home office. And uh, man, you can get so much more done if you've got friends in the, in the industry. You can have uh, connections that are going to help you. And creating that friend network, even within your own uh, area and within your own uh, profession, you know, if it's like other videographers, if you're a videographer or if you're a photographer, other photographers in your area and that's what and and that's what we're also you know uh part of uh paul you and i met through a um a group that meets here in southern california and so those things are so valuable i'd love to see everybody who is you know looking to make more connections to come out to those kinds of events and be part of those circles and be active in them so that you know next time somebody's like i love i need a second shooter hey who's available you're there or, hey, I just got a last-minute, you know, referral for a video gig. Who, who's, who wants it kind of thing? You know, how can you get access to those things if you are going to be introverted and you're going to be, like, you know, held up in your own home and, and trying to get net, uh, referrals from scratch? So uh, being social, guys, um, if, you, if you're not really good at it, uh, you know, I, I would say I'm, I'm not the greatest at it either. I had to work even to get to the humble place that I am now um, to be able to talk to people and start a conversation from scratch. Um, there are, there are things that can help you uh, if you, if you need help to, 
to be a more social person like like uh, toastmasters will help you uh be able to put your words together a little bit better um be able to speak in front of people um and i would just practice um you know be okay with failing and um talking to people and like oh okay i don't know what to say here um and work on it because it's it's just important uh, to work on that and it is to work on your photography or on your business you know so i have a confession to make i am an introvert <laughs> but then um because me i whenever whenever i'm not shooting a wedding i'd rather just stay at home and just be there alone so like me and stella we don't have any kids so Whenever we're home, we separate. She goes into her bedroom. I go into the living room. We watch our own TV. Because we're, to people who don't know, Stella and I, we work together in the company. So we're together 24-7. So whenever we're home, we separate. She does, she watches her shows or whatever. She wants to paint her nails or whatever. And then I go to the, I clean the backyard or whatever. But that's pretty much what I want to do. I just want to stay at home all the time and not talk to anyone. And this is why I love her because she gives me my space. <laughs> but then, <laughs> so that's the thing. When I realized that, oh crap, I have a business. I have a lot of people. I have a lot of shooters that work with us. I need to market. I need to go out there and talk to people. At first, it was like horrible. It was a nightmare because I'm like, I don't know what to talk about. Whenever someone asks me about baseball, I'm going to die <laughs> because I have no idea what baseball is up to, up to this day. But then I just developed. So what I did was I just went there and developed friends. I looked for friends instead of work because whenever I'm with friends, we, we don't have to like talk about work we talk about like stupid stuff and it's okay because we're friends and you know but you're right like with 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 the friends whenever they have a, a double booking or something they just refer us the the gig and it's still okay I, that's why i feel like people who don't go to networking events and don't meet other people shouldn't be shy because what you're cultivating is a relationship with a person not with the business. So if you're going to these networking events, uh, this is how I feel. Let me know what you feel too. But when you when you go to networking events and your goal is to get work, you're you're not going to last that long <laughs> because people I just feel like people whenever we see each other, we want to hang out. Right? Because we we're small businesses and we don't have office mates, not at least not a lot of us do. So we we wanted like just have like a conversation with another person. Sometimes it's gonna be about work, but it's more of like, how's your business going? You know, it's not about like, hey, do you need a videographer for <laughs> May May fourteen or something like that. So I just feel like that's 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 the goal that people should do is people should have is to just develop a relationship with other people. Absolutely. I would say that one of the things that I think that people don't uh, pick up on right away is the fact that when you're coming into a new group, uh, you, the last thing you want to do is, first of all, say, hey, everybody, help me out. Uh, what do you got for me? 
um, part of being a regular, you know, part of being a friend is just saying, what can I do for you? Hey, let's talk about something um, that we both have in common. And let maybe, maybe uh, let's forget about work right now. And that's where the beginnings of the friendship start. Not about like, hey, if you've got more jobs, send it to me right now kind of a thing. Um, that's going to make you probably more enemies and friends. Um, and this is going to help you in your business as well to be a, a more friendly person because you're going to be dealing with your clients too and understanding their needs first before your needs. You're always, you always want to come to any relationship in terms of how can I, you know, help you, not how you want, how, you know, what are the things I need from you? You don't want to, you don't want to start any relationship like that. That's, that's poison. And people can smell that uh, on you right away, that you're somebody out trying to get something from me. You're trying to take my money. You're trying to take my referrals. No, figure out what people need uh, and see if you can help them with it. And then, you know, eventually those, those friendships will be built and you may start, end up with uh, getting some referrals from them and um, being able to create some real uh, camaraderie and having an actual colleague in the in industry that you can partner with, or, you know, at least use as a support. And um, when maybe there'll be a day where you're going to have a, an extra referral that you can't shoot and you're going to give it off to the other person too. So, um, if you can approach every relationship like that, you're going to be a lot better, not just within your, um, your industry at, at events, but also with your clients and even in your, in your home with your spouse. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Please <laughs> create a little harmony, harmony in your house and you're, you're going to, everything's going to be working a lot better for you. Believe me. Oh yeah. You know, that's so beautiful how you said it, uh, about what can I do for you? Because that's exactly what people should do instead of like asking for something. <laughs> you know, it, it, from, from my experience in this industry or in any industry, I'm pretty much, I'm pretty sure. Givers last last longer than takers. Like if you, all you do is take and you think that people are going to follow you around. Well, you're going to be in a huge world of disappointment because you know people the, at least the right people they they want to give and i i just feel so fortunate that doing this podcast i'm around like these amazing people like you people that just want to give information for free you know i'm not i'm not paying you to do this and you're giving me your time and it it's just crazy you know wait what Oh, not getting paid. I mean, oh, the uh, I'm mailing you a sandwich. Is that okay? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's just it's always going to be about giving, right? And now I'm going into the business. It's also the same. Like, don't expect clients to book you just because you have great work. It's always about what solution are you giving them for them to book you. And now I'm wondering how do you how do you give cuz you're one of the, like the top wedding photographers in the industry and I'm always curious about how the top people find their clients and how do you you market yourself. 
But before we get into that, I just want to thank you for being a loyal listener. You don't know how much it means to me that you're listening right now and I can share with you something that I'm passionate about. If you enjoy the content that I'm bringing every week, I just want to remind you that the Wedding Video Boss podcast also has a Patreon page where you can pledge as low as $1 to show your support and keep the show going. There's different tiers which gives you different perks like transcripts of all the episodes. This is for those who don't have time to listen for an hour. A Facebook community to share and give business advice for photographers and videographers. Also, extra episodes just for the hardcore fans. Just go to www.patreon.com that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash weddingvideoboss or click on the link in the show notes. Thanks for your support. Now let's get back to whatever we were talking about. Well, okay. I'm, I would say that I'm probably not terribly different than anybody else in the industry in the sense that I've got to work hard to get, uh, you know, to make my clients happy so that when they're talking to their friends and uh, everything like that, that they're going to be uh, raving about me. And uh, I heard a stat years ago that said, like, if you have, if you give a, 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 let's say a bride, a good experience, she is going to refer you to an average of three other friends or relatives or whatever. So in other words, your clients are going to be your best evangelists, you know, and you can grow that network exponentially. Now that's, that's of course an organic way to reach it. Uh, as you start getting up in age in terms of the age of your business, uh, I would recommend everybody start looking into, you know, a lot of, uh, uh, tra- traditional forms of, of advertising as well to bolster that in terms of like, I don't know if you want to, um, you know, subscribe to anything like the Nod or, or Weddingware. That's one way. There are Facebook ads. There are a lot of different ways that you can start creating um, leads that are going to help you, especially if you're doing uh, higher volume. Also, networking and connecting with vendors is super important. And uh, at least for me, uh, I like to, in terms of giving back to the community, I do like to do uh, workshops, mentoring other photographers. I love to, um, and I love to just help anybody who is having a hard time in terms of, I don't need to be paid. I, you need advice, you need like somebody to show you something, I'd be happy to do that. So, and I think that's not just a way to run your business. That's a way to live your life too. And um don't want to get too philosophical about it but that's that's my philosophy the way i always push forward it's not never about trying to land clients or you know um get the paycheck first i'm always trying to figure out you know how i can help you the best if that means maybe we're not the right fit maybe i do have a photographer colleague who i think you're going to really you know resonate with i may actually send that over to them. I go, oh, I have a client that's probably like custom made for you. And I told them about you. And um, I've always tried to live my life in that way. That's like, you give, you give um, something to somebody and, you know, hopefully those things will be, you know, you're going to get some benefit from it on the other end and not as a motivation, but just as a byproduct of being generous. So. Yeah. You know, when, that's. I think that's uh, we 
what we realize too when we're in the business of you know filming weddings right but we can't not everyone is going to be our client and so what we've been doing is whenever we feel like we're not a right fit or we're already double booked we just refer them to other people and you know the other videographers they reciprocate they they refer other weddings back to us like for example we had one videographer pair that the client was higher end and they they don't think they could do it so they referred it to us and it was just like a really good relationship you develop before when i was starting out i'm like you know what any everybody's my competition and if you go up against me your your business is gonna crash and blah 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 and i had this mentality of like that but then i realized you know just helping people out will give you more business it's so weird it's so crazy because now we charge more than when we started and it's just so I feel I, I feel so fortunate to have like friends around me who trust us with their couples and they refer us to the business because at the end of the day, you know, yeah, it it's the style that might not work, but also it's the trust factor that you give to other other people for them to be able to refer you. Yeah, exactly. I think that it uh, especially as we start to become industry leaders, or at least, you know, maybe the, uh, the bigger fish in our area, that's when you're really tested. It's easy maybe to um, say that you're generous when you are, I don't know, at peer level with a bunch of people. But what happens when there's a little bit of a power differential? Are you, do you, do you find yourself being more helpful and more generous or do you feel you're, that you're being more selfish and greedy. And um, I really do feel like um, whatever it is that you do, it's going to backfire in terms of if you're trying to be more generous and give away things, it's going to backfire and things, good things are going to happen to you. Yeah. And, and if you're trying to be greedy, you're trying to, you're trying to get all the clients you're trying to get all of money and all of the awards or whatever, that's going to backfire. And, people are going to hate you. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, I always say not a lot of people have the same belief, right? But that, so I always tell them, you know, if there's something that you want to believe in, it's like karma. You always make sure that you do good to other people because it's it's been proven. Like, you know, it's just, it's just going to come back to you and it's it's going to be either good or bad. But, you know, just just believe in karma. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So now that I now we, that we talked about style and you know have making making sure that you fit perfectly with the couples, I wonder how do you how did you get your style or also what advice can you give to people who are still looking for their style? Like how do they find inspiration? Yeah, you know when I started out, I think that I was not unlike probably everyone else in terms of seeing a lot of different kinds of work out there, especially here in Southern California, they have some very popular styles and I'm like, I should probably match that. That's the one that sells or, um, you know, I should probably uh, try this new technique that I've seen. And so probably went through a couple different phases of like, you know, going all the way from like super clean to super artsy and um, along the way, 
I found what I think is my truest voice. And it's the thing that I've been trying to duplicate for, for clients in terms of not trying to be someone else, but trying to be me. Uh, that sounds like a cliche, but definitely there is a little sweet spot where you're like, this is what I like. And um, as much as it may be similar to other people, I would encourage everyone that if you can figure a way to do what you like, but also make yourself uh, unique, you're going to be a lot better off. And I, that may be a very ambiguous way of saying that, uh, you know, when there's a lot of uh, different choices out there for, I think, uh, your your clients, your potential clients out there searching for someone to do their work, uh, you know, they're going to be a lot that are going to be lumped together. They're going to be like, okay, it could be this, 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 or this. They all look the same. If you can be, and we've mentioned it on a previous podcast, if you can be that purple cow that's like, whoa, what's this? Oh, I love that book. Let me stop. Let me stop in my tracks right here because I've never seen anything like this. That's where you really want to be, I feel. Yeah, it's a great book. Um, I'm not getting any kickback. If you want to, if you want to uh, go ahead and buy that book or, or um, audio book, I encourage all of our listeners right now to go ahead and understand that concept. You just want to be different than everybody else. It's the thing that is going to resonate with people. It's the thing that's going to stick out in their mind when they're thinking about the five different videographers or photographers they just looked at. They're going to be like, well, there was the one that I remember that was like, it was like, whoa. And, um, you know, it may take you a while to get there, but definitely I'd love to see everybody get to that point where people stop in their tracks at your website or your work and go, whoa, what's this? Let's just send this, shoot this guy a message because this is nice. Yeah, I've, I've read this quote maybe a, f <clears throat> a few years ago. It's not the, the exact quote, but I'm going to tell you the, the gist of the quote. But he's saying, if you're trying to look for your style or if you're trying to find something to start, make sure you look at what everyone is doing or where everyone is going, and then you go the opposite direction. And, exactly. And ever since I did that, like when, when we when we started out here, all of the wedding video sites are like, we can't wait to create your emotional moment and capture it on video. Very like formal and elegant. And I'm like, you know what? We should go the opposite direction. So everyone's website was like black and red or black and blue. And we're like white and teal. And we were one of the first light light websites and we stood out so it was easy people were it was easy for them to find our website but then when you go deeper into the website our wordings were like just like it's like we're talking to you but very informally and we have like three exclamation points or whatever you use to it's like texting instead of like a very formal verbatim you know wording so it it really set us apart and then for the style, it's the same. Like, for me, since everyone's going the cinematic route, everyone wants, like, a movie, I want to just capture the moments. And I, that's the one thing that we've, we've done is to just make sure that objective number one is we're here to capture the moments. Objective number two is to make it cinematic. 
But you know, cinematic is in the eye of the beholder. Whatever, whatever the client says, if they're like, "Oh, it's like a movie." Oh, thanks. But our goal was to make sure that we capture it as it happens, instead of like setting it up or posing the clients. So you're right. That that's what people need to find. People need to focus on is being unique, right? But at the same time, I feel like you have to be consistent with being unique as well because. But it, it you're right it it you're going to fall into that place where yeah it's unique now but then in 5 years everyone else is doing it anyway and then you're just going to fall into that basket and it's just going to suck so make sure you're consistent and yeah yeah i do feel like your 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 career ends up sort of like you ever play plinko or like uh, one of those games where you drop the ball from the top and it goes through all these little like nails and then it like jumps all over the place and ultimately ends up in a slot at the bottom and you have no idea where it's going to go. I feel like that's the way we all try to find our creative voice in the beginning. You kind of drop the ball at the top, goes through all of these things and Oh, it's going to go to the left. No, it's going to the right. And ultimately it lands in a spot and um, you want it to land the right spot, which is, you, you know, your true voice. I think that's one of the things that you can do to create longevity, because I find that when you have uh, people c- approaching that five-year mark, even um, or even the ten-year mark, uh, one of the things that goes wrong with their business is not their business; it's them. They don't want to do it anymore, or they don't want to. You know, they don't feel inspired. They don't feel good about what they're making anymore. And that's why, uh, you know, once once you don't feel fulfilled with your work anymore i think you you start having a real problem um recreating yourself uh you know one of the beautiful things about the work that we do is that it's so personal to us and um i don't think anybody jumped into wedding photography or videography uh i I could be wrong but i don't think anybody ever jumped in saying i want to make like so much money and i think this is like the most fertile ground to like totally cash in um if that is your goal and you don't care about the creative side that's fine but man there are so many other industries that you could do it so much easier uh i would encourage you to go ahead and pursue like you know like i said an an investment banking or like i don't know um you know it something that's something that you can just go in the office and 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 just uh you know do well take that paycheck home but there's a reason why i think a lot of us got into the industry we love creating we love uh doing something you know unique we love uh pouring ourselves into something that's that's beautiful like uh like photography or a videography and there's a full fulfillment that comes but if you once that fire dies inside i think that we all sort of uh now struggle whether we want to continue and that's aside from like a lot of the other uh, business aspects and marketing aspects of our business. That's one of the reasons why we end up closing up shop. That's exactly. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you know, since we're already talking about um, fire, like losing fire, I, I feel like people need to also make sure that, you know, it's kind of like a trying to make sure that your focus is is there like for me my i have responsibilities that 
I need, you know, I need to pay the bills and make sure that the business is running correctly. So my question, actually, this is my second to the last question for you. The, my question is, what, what are the common errors that you see that people in the, the wedding industry, not necessarily just photo and video, but if you want to talk about photo and video only, that's fine. But what are the, the common errors that you've been seeing lately that people need to be aware of when it comes to running their business? Yeah, I would say, first of all, um, the obvious one, and I struggled with this myself, and I'm sure that everybody, not everybody, but a lot of people did as well. Getting the business part of your business down is probably the most detrimental thing that you could neglect. Um, in other words, getting your tax situation right, understanding some base, very basic principles of, about business in terms of profits, uh, how to price yourself. You know, this isn't exactly a discussion about that, but definitely um, don't go too long without fixing your house up in terms of your business. Like get the foundation right and then you can start moving on, get that machinery working, your workflow, things like, you know, you're all the way from talking to your clients for the very first time, getting leads all the way to delivering their product. Do you know how to do that in uh, efficient and a, um, you know, in a quality manner? Uh, if you, if you're struggling with that, uh, start working on that right away because those things will kill you. If you've got like a wedding you haven't edited uh, in a length, like five months or something like that, man, um, those things will kill your referrals. First of all, nobody wants to wait that long for their photos. Um, maybe they might for video, but you know, the, there are, there are, um, limits, especially in this digital age to what people want to wait for their product. Um, so, you know, getting the foundation right to start off with, then getting your mind right in terms of, you know, finding your creative voice, understanding what it is that you make and why you make it for them um, is another thing. And then also looking to the future for yourself in terms of, yeah, I figured out what how to start my business. Now I know how to like run it every day. Am, am I saying I just want to do this for the night, the next decade, what I, where I am right now, or is there more for me? So start thinking about that too. And that's something that's going to get you up in the morning going, yeah, let's work toward that. Maybe it means you want to do all destination wedding or you want to only shoot like enormous weddings or you want to just shoot celebrities or you may have ambitions to be a uh, speaker or somebody who's published or who uh, wins competitions. Those are all things that could raise your level up another notch you know level up as as they say in video games you know you're you've been playing for a while but when are you going to get that that next bump up and um shooting weddings and everything like that that's that's your everyday business but you uh start thinking about that now or else when you get to the future you'll be exactly where you are now that's well said i love i love that um we, you know, because the thing is, I for me, I, I make sure that whenever you start a business, you always have to have your eye on the prize. So 
when I started getting into the business part of the of the business because you know we're in the creative industry so just the making money part is always like in the back burner so whenever when I got into exploring the business part of our business I just fell in love with it and I look at I look at it as as a sport so you know you every season is every year you have to make sure that you practice still you have to make sure that you commit you may you have to make sure you know that's that's i feel like that's how we kept the business afloat is because we conditioned ourselves like okay season 10 here we go you know as a team we always just make sure that we go through all the hoops before the playoffs start yeah always be prepping for that you know you want to make the playoffs every you want to get that championship whatever that means to you um I would just say always be growing, you know, um, whatever that means uh, personally to you. Uh, that may mean uh, attending workshops. You know, maybe you've been in the industry five, even 10 years. and You think I must know it all. Um, I've done everything. No, you don't know it all. There are people out there who know more than you. Yep. And once you become once you can humble yourself and go, oh, wow, I really like this guy's style. Maybe I should learn how he does it or oh this is a a new area i don't know anything about seo maybe i should go to this class then you know you're opening yourself up to a growth mindset which is uh something that you've got to have if you can have a growing business hire a coach there are coaches there are business coaches there are photography coaches there are coaches for everything just like you would hire a personal trainer hire somebody to help you get to that next level for your photography i would say go ahead and find new ways to be inspired whether uh, you know if you're a videographer the same thing um travel when you come back from a trip uh when i do i'm always like inspired like wow that was so amazing you know i i took something from that trip you know experiencing that place experiencing those people that adds to my life that adds to my photography um you looking for something more interesting to shoot. Maybe you don't want to shoot uh, your clients. Uh, you need some way to break that up. Guess what? Shoot your loved ones. Cause you know, those photos end up being more valuable than anything you'll ever shoot. People that are around you, wife, if you have a family, if you have friends, you know, shoot them. Those photos that you give them are going to be worth more than anything that you'll ever shoot. Um, and style wise, I would not recommend people go ahead and look in their area and look at competitors and see what they're shooting and then start trying to shoot exactly like them. I, for myself, I like to look at movies, uh, television, you know, there are some great shows out, you know, maybe you're inspired by the way they light Game of Thrones or, um, the way they light Handmaid's Tale or something like that, like look at that and fig- try to figure that out and try to f- add that to your photography, you know, um, tool b- bag. Um, um, always be searching out something new that can be added to the richness, I think, of your life. And, and I think that's where true happiness is going to be coming from. And I think the last thing I would probably add to that pile is if you've got somebody in your life make sure they're supporting you in terms of um, 
the reason why I was able to succeed uh, in part is that uh, my wife, you know, and and my kids, but you know, my wife really did sacrifice a lot to help me achieve my dream. And if you're having a hard time with your loved one or your partner or whatever, make sure you guys are on the right page because if that other person isn't with you 100% or like is not in favor of what you're doing, you're going to have a hard time. So get your house straight before you start going forward or you will always be basically you're swimming up a river. You're swimming upstream rather than, you know, letting things, uh, you know, flourish in your life. So it's crazy how, you know, when you look back, how much, how much stuff you've accomplished, right? It's so weird. Like thinking about what if, what if you didn't move to photography? What if you didn't try doing wedding videography? Can you imagine? So for me, I, the, the, the system here in the office I incorporated it to be like a kitchen. So like like how a kitchen runs at a five-star restaurant is how we run our business, like in the post-production side. So if if I didn't, I've always loved, well, obviously I love food, but <laughs> I love the process of cooking food. So if I didn't become a wedding videographer, I'd probably be, a chef and I'd still be as passionate and as happy as I am now. And so I w I'm wondering now, I, this is my last question. So my, I'm wondering what would you have been if you didn't get into wedding photography? Um, I always like to answer philanthropist because it usually indicates that you're a multimillionaire or a billionaire <laughs> and, and you're, oh, and that's your job a great is answer. <laughs> Your job is to give away money. <laughs> <laughs> I want to cure malaria through my donation. <laughs> um, but I've spent my whole life in creative fields. And so I think that's probably all I know. And that's probably what I'd be doing. Maybe some graphic work. Maybe, some, you know, I've always loved. Uh, maybe I'd be back in television or um, have some people that might have been able to get me into doing movies. Uh, on the production end kind of thing. I'd probably try to pursue that. Uh, and looking back, you know, I really feel like the right path was open to me in terms of um, it really like fed my soul. It was the right It was the right fit for me in terms of things that I wanted to do, the, the sense of accomplishment, the sense of satisfaction, creating and serving people. Yeah, all the elements were there in in photography for me that that I think have really enriched my own life and helped me um, I think in my own personal growth too so I'm just so glad that I've I stumbled across it or found it um, and maybe uh, you're out there searching for that right thing if you feel like photography is the right thing for you then go on go for it full bore i want to encourage all you guys to like don't you know don't hesitate like work your little butt off and get there but if it isn't your thing then definitely drop it today and start looking for the thing that really is your thing because life's too short to like be wallowing too long in the wrong place 
Yep, and make sure if you're not passionate about what you're doing right now, he's right. Just leave because leave room for the people who actually want to be here, <laughs> who actually want to capture all these moments. <laughs> that's right, I said it. So that's it. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you coming to the show. I've learned so much, and I've learned so much, and I've affirmed a lot of the things that I've always believed in, and knowing that you believe in believe in, in in them as well it just reaffirms like i'm okay i'm gonna be in in great shape so not physically but more of like you know in a business but yeah thank you so much and it just just so people know how to reach you um yeah just tell them how they could reach you yeah my website is www.tarin.com which is t-a-u-r-a-n you can reach me at facebook tarin photography or tarin woo i still have a lot of room for friends um so go ahead and add me if you want to um, instagram is uh, tarin photo and if any of this resonated with you and you want to have a personal conversation you can dm me and i'm happy to answer any of your questions i'm also uh, did a lot of my career as a stay-at-home dad of sorts in terms of uh, my wife also has a full-time job. So did a lot of that work. And if you are in that situation, I'd be happy to uh, talk you through, talk you down from the ledge a couple times from <laughs> trying to like edit with a baby on your lap or something like that. <laughs> uh, but I, I, I do mean that. Like if anybody's out there who wants to like, uh, discuss photography or business or uh, their own personal experience, go ahead and shoot me a message. Happy to talk to, to people in the industry. That's so cool for you to do. You know, the, the, that's the reason why you're one of the greatest is because not only are you good with your craft, but you're also humble. And in the short time that we've known each other, you're so approachable and easy to talk to. And I'm just glad that we're friends because... Now I could ask for advice for, advice for free from you. <laughs> yeah, I didn't say it was going to be good advice, but it definitely uh, will be. Yeah. I do have opinions. <laughs> <laughs> hey, any opinion is a good opinion. So, yeah, thanks for, thanks for coming and um, all the best to you. Thanks, Paul. So there you have it. I hope this episode helped you out because, you know, it's this, this strategies we talked about is not for everyone, but... It worked for us, and that's what's important. And I f really hope that you picked up something. Let me know how you feel about this topic. Let's get the conversation going, guys. So feel free to DM me, email me. It's probably better if you DM me. And I'll see you next time on the next Wedding Video Boss podcast. Till then, play nice if you can't win. Be nice, especially if you're good looking. Boss man out. feel free to dm me email me it's probably better if you dm me and i'll see you next time on the next wedding video boss podcast till then play nice if you can't win be nice especially if you're good looking boss man out boss man out